0: Well, hello there. Welcome to a new episode of the Liberators Network podcast. I'm your host for today, Christian Verwijs, and today we're going to talk about refinement or the mise en place of great scrum teams. This episode also features five very practical tips for refinement and to make it more productive and effective in your team. So make sure to listen until the very end of the episode. Before I move into the meat of the episode, I want to take a moment to thank all the patrons that are supporting this podcast, but also all the other content that Barry and I are creating and sharing freely. At least most of our content is available for free. This also includes the research that we're doing with the Scrum Team Survey. If you think that work is helpful, and if it's helping you as an individual Scrum Master, Product Owner, Developer, or Agile Coach... You may also want to be interested in supporting us. Go to patreon.com slash liberators to discover how to do this. Now, having said all this, let's move into the episode. Enjoy! Does refinement in your team feel like a slog? Do developers go there with lead in their shoes? Many scrum teams struggle with refinement, and understandably so. Yet in many ways, this is where some of the most important work happens, and some of the hardest work. In this podcast, we offer a reflection on the purpose of refinement. We also offer recommendations to make the process more enjoyable and more effective. Many of the ideas in this episode originate from a discussion we had with experienced scrum masters on the Discord server that is accessible to our patrons. The purpose of refinement. Product Backlog Refinement exists to break down large chunks of work into smaller chunks of work. And as with everything in the Scrum framework, this makes it easier to work empirically. If we would work on large items that would take months or even longer to complete end-to-end, we would be unable to get frequent feedback from our stakeholders. And that introduces significant risk. For example, we could make incorrect assumptions about what stakeholders need, And once they're proven wrong, require us to go back and change everything. And that would be a huge waste of effort, money and time. So instead, our aim with Scrum is to more frequently deliver smaller chunks of work so that our stakeholders can give us meaningful feedback that spurs new ideas, changes to what has already been done or uncover bugs that need to be addressed. In short... Delivering small bits of work is a great way to help us think and understand what is needed. So what objective evidence do we have to support the value of refinement? Schoen and her colleagues in 2017 found that refinement was considered to be one of the harder challenges for agile teams. Unfortunately, little systematic experimental research has been done in this area. But from the correlational data we've collected with the Scrum Team Survey, which covers about 1200 teams, we can clearly see that teams that release more frequently also have more satisfied stakeholders and experience higher morale. In turn, the data shows that teams that engage more in refinement are more capable of releasing frequently. So from this data, it certainly seems that refinement is very helpful to make teams more effective. You can learn more about this data in Verweiss & Russo 2021, and a link to the paper is in the show notes. All the work on your product backlog should eventually be refined to make it small enough, but only when you're about to start work on it in a coming sprint. When something is small enough depends very much on your context. But as a starting point, your team should refine to a degree where they can comfortably select and complete multiple items in a single sprint. Experienced scrum teams will tell you that smaller is generally even better. I like to think of refinement as the process of en Plus, that experienced cooks use to improve the flow of their cooking. Instead of cutting and organizing your ingredients while you are cooking... Mise en place is when ingredients are put in place and prepared, meaning that they're cut, diced, halved, stripped, before the actual cooking. Without mise en place, cooking is often stressful and chaotic, as you are effectively doing two things at the same time. And I can tell you from personal experience that doing both at the same time may work sometimes, but it just as easily ends up with burnt food, forgotten ingredients, cut fingers, and a kitchen that looks like a war zone especially as the meals become more complicated and the groups larger. So refinement like mise en place exists to organize and prepare your ingredients for development. The point is not to refine everything on your product backlog. That would just be wasteful as cutting up and preparing ingredients for months of cooking ahead of time. Most ingredients you can prepare just before cooking. At the same time, some ingredients may benefit from earlier preparation. For example, some items on your product backlog may involve research or interviews that need to be done as part of refinement. This constant balance between what to refine now and what to refine later is what distinguishes experienced Scrum teams from starting Scrum teams. We've consistently found that great developers naturally refine their work and they enjoy this process of strategizing, organizing, and breaking down work. In fact, we strongly believe that the skills for refinement are some of the most important ones for developers to acquire. It is what distinguishes the developer who remains stuck in a large blob of spaghetti code from a developer who decomposes the problem into smaller classes and subcomponents and then solves each of them separately. Many experienced developers enjoy this process of decomposition or refinement because it presents them with an intellectual puzzle to solve. It's a good opportunity to demonstrate their craftsmanship and come up with clever ways to break down work. If we keep the purpose of refinement firmly in mind, there are a couple of things that many teams do that are not so helpful. The first one is that you shouldn't use refinement to generate estimates for forecasting. We believe that this is a huge waste of valuable time. You can only forecast complex work by doing it, not by estimating it. Developers are acutely aware of that reality and will grow to hate refinement if this is what you use it for. And for good reason, they know it doesn't work. You also shouldn't use refinement primarily to write user stories or perform data entry into a tool like Jira. While it is a great idea to capture the insights that emerge from refinement, the conversation really is more important. We've been part of teams where most of the refinement was spent entering data into Jira, and that was usually just one person, which made the whole process incredibly tedious. So try not to do that. And finally, don't default to a once a sprint refinement meeting that has to be attended by the entire team. The puzzles of refinement often need to be mulled over for a while, and you can't timebox that to a single meeting. It is far more helpful to understand refinement as an ongoing activity, where developers strategize, organize, and prepare to work for the upcoming sprint one, two, or three spins down the road. Some of this happens with product owners and stakeholders, some with one or two developers, and some by the entire team. The gist of all these don'ts is that they draw time and energy away from solving the creative puzzle of how to break down large chunks of work into smaller chunks of work. It also removes opportunities for developers to appreciate the creative and intellectual challenge of decomposition and how it makes them better developers. So now that we're clear on the purpose of refinement and we also recognize how challenging it can be, what are actual options to make your refinement more attuned to that purpose? We started a conversation about this with experienced scrum masters on the discord server that's available to our supporters. And this resulted in a number of recommendations that were generated by the community. I'll go through each one in order. The first tip is from Sarah Grunijsen and she recommends separating refinement into multiple sessions that either focus on the what or the how. The what sessions are attended by the product owner and developers. Each item that the product owner has in mind for the coming sprint is briefly presented, meaning that its purpose and why it's valuable to users is explained. After that, the developers use a consensus vote to determine if they understand the item sufficiently or not. The team works hard to stay out of the solution space and focuses these sessions on how an issue should work for users and how it is valuable to them. When the consensus vote doesn't result in a clear yes, A question and answer round is initiated where developers generate and ask questions to the product owner to clarify the item further. They do consensus votes again until the vote passes and it's clear enough. Each item that passes the vote is marked for further how refinement. The how refinements generally take place without the product owner and focus on the technical and functional solutions that come to mind for the developers. One by one, the items selected for refinement are read, and once understood, each developer silently thinks of and adds solution possibilities to a shared list. Whenever one is done, each developer presents their solutions, and those present vote to pick the preferred solution. Depending on the size of the item, the session then proceeds to further refine that item into sub-items and potential solutions for those sub-items. Everyone present can suggest rewordings, changes, or further breakdowns. One or more of these sessions are organized during a sprint. And Sarah adds to this, quote, This method works really well for the team as the introverts are not pressured. Everyone has a chance to solve the puzzle. We then discuss it as a team without interrupting each other. Everyone feels part of the solution, End quote. Another way to keep refinement focused on its purpose was shared by Sven de Koning. He likes to ask developers to start at the end. If this item would be implemented, what would it look like to a user? What would we show to users during a sprint review to get their feedback on? This presents the product owner with a great opportunity to see if everyone is on the same page. And from this shared understanding, the team then works backwards through the various steps and interactions that need to be implemented from the user's perspective. For each individual step and interaction, the team considers if they are absolutely critical to the item under refinement, or if they can potentially break down the item into smaller bits there too. For example, some items may involve user flows or unhappy paths that are not critical to the item or could feasibly be implemented in a simpler way for now while spinning off the more complex variant as a separate item for the product backlog. As another tip, multiple scrum masters like Remco Hogenberg and David Fox suggest to organically refine during sprints by introducing multiple opportunities for the team to converge and then to diverge into small groups or even individuals for more specific refinement. So during a shared session, the team agrees on what to focus their refinement on and then diverges into smaller sessions, which could be via Slack, asynchronously, synchronously on Zoom or even individually and they use these breakouts to refine the items further. The team then reconvenes later during the sprint to see what else needs to be refined. Another tip is that instead of simply refining what is at the top of your product backlog, it's helpful to always start by inviting the product owner to clarify the objective for the coming sprint. What is a valuable goal they would like to achieve for that sprint? And how does that goal tie into the larger product goal? This goal-focused refinement prevents a hot hotspot's refinement of whatever may be at the top of the product backlog at the moment, but may not ultimately matter to the objective of the next sprints. It's also entirely likely that refinement results in important insights that influence, change or inform what the objective for this and upcoming sprints should actually be. And finally, a tip that we always like to give, and I think you know where this is going, is that liberating structures are really great ways to do refinement. Liberating structures, the purpose of liberating structures is to create an environment where every voice and every perspective can, imbe- can be included. And that makes them ideally suited for refinement. For example, you can use the liberating structure celebrity interview to let developers interview the product owner about the items they have in mind for a next sprint. You can then use one for all to generate solutions and potential breakdowns and use a liberating structure called 15% solutions to determine how everyone can contribute to refinement throughout the sprint. Another idea to use liberating structures is to use the liberating structure 2510 crowdsourcing. This is a great way to gather a lot of ideas anonymously that might help break down a user story. Or you can invite developers from other teams and run a Troika Consulting or a Wise Crowds where people can bring in very tough items and get help from their peer developers on how to refine them. It's also a great opportunity to develop those refinement skills together. Let's move to some closing words. Yes, refinement is hard and yes, it is challenging for many scrum teams. So far, our experience has been that it often goes back to how refinement is understood by teams. More often than not, what makes refinement such a slog is when it is solely spent on writing stories, estimating story points, entering data into Jira, and endless meetings where only a few people talk and the rest has to sit and wait until it's over. In this episode, we shared a reflection on the purpose of refinement, and offered you five practical suggestions to make it more effective in your team. We very much want to thank all the patrons who shared their thoughts on this challenge. It also demonstrates how our growing community of patrons is eager to help and support each other. If you'd like to contribute, you can support our community at patreon.com liberators. And thank you for listening.